Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second ever episode of the Ryan's Ramble podcast. I'm your host. My name is Ryan Bennell. If you're unfamiliar with me, but you know Frogs of War, I am an associate editor for Frogs of War. I've been writing for just over a year now. I cover all things TCU soccer, a little bit of gambling here and there. If you've seen the blog last year, uh, we had a written version of this podcast as well, but now we turned it into the audio and a little short summary type blog. So now this is officially scheduled. We are starting now. We're going to have a once a week, every Friday. Today's Thursday. I'm recording this, and it's going to be posted every Friday morning going here on out for the rest of the college football season. And if you know anything about Thursdays as a college student, I have some plans after this. So, But first, we're going to talk about some college football and get some of our best bets out of the way before week zero. Not week one, because week one technically doesn't start till next week. I've seen... People are referring to this as week zero, so that's just what we're going to roll with. There are a few games this Saturday, August 28th, and we're also going to talk about a few games on uh, Thursday, September 2nd, I believe is the date. But if you don't know what Ryan's Ramble is, really, essentially, it's just all things gambling, college football, college basketball. I'm going to be walking through some of the biggest games each week, talking about my favorite picks coming up. Uh, there may be some terms, you know, some gambling terms that you may not be familiar with, but if you keep listening, I'm sure you'll pick it up. We're going to be talking about spreads, over-unders, uh, some value, all that good stuff, parlays. It, it, it's all going to get thrown in there. Um, but before we really go into any bets, I wanted to talk a little bit about, just in general, some college football news. Because it's been chaotic. It's been a chaotic summer. Um, it all started you know, with like the possible playoff expansion. And then the conferences are blowing up because of Oklahoma and Texas. And now the name, image, and likeness era is just taking off, like, beyond our control, it seems like. I, I honestly feel like at some point the NCAA may step in and put some limitations on it. But for now, I'm enjoying it. Let the players ride the wave. They cash in all the money you can. I mean, how how cool is it just to think that players like Bryce Young um, and DJ – God, forgive me on this pronunciation – but DJ Ugalele for Clemson the new quarterback after Trevor Trevor Lawrence got drafted. They, these guys are making million dollars close to with their NIL deals, and they haven't even, you know, played a full season, especially Bryce Young. He's never started a collegiate game. You know, DJ at Clemson at least has that Notre Dame game last year under his belt. But still, these companies are risking so much for these unproven athletes. And I love it, though. I love seeing all of this take place. Uh, my favorite one so far was Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, the Alabama, I can't, I forget if he's a wide receiver or a defensive back, but his name on the Alabama roster is literally Kool-Aid, and he signed an NIL deal with Kool-Aid. So that's one of the best pairs I've already seen so far early on. And I hope we see some more name and company related. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's going to be somebody named Milo that signs with Milo's T or something like that. You know, I'm sure those will come to fruition eventually. But other than NIL stuff, Man, like I said, that conference stuff. I'm sure you've had it just beaten into your brain at this point. Um, all the possible scenarios, what could happen if this happens, The just way too many what-ifs and way too many best-case and worst-case scenarios for the conference realignment. It's a headache. It really is. It, it's, it's no fun for anybody right now unless you're in the SEC. Um, the Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC just announced their alliance amid all of this drama and frankly this alliance is one of the dumbest things I've, I've seen in a long time from college football and the NCAA is the NCAA you like 
they just they do a lot of dumb shit, okay? And this is I know the NCAA wasn't in control of this. This was a conference independent decision, but they came came together and announced an alliance, whatever that means. It, I don't. I, they can say formally, you know, their mission statement and whatnot, all that legal stuff to make it sound formal. But it's basically just saying, hey, we like one another. Let's schedule some games together in the future. It's it's not, I don't know, it's nothing concrete. I don't think it's anything that's going to get in the way of anything come conference realignment time. But the depressing part, though, is today, um, actually, while I was in class this morning, found out the news that the Pac-12 will not be expanding at this time or seeking expansion at this time. So you, there's a lot to take away from that. And key word, though, is at this time. So, you know, I'm, I'm a hold off patient. You never know what could happen in, in a year or two. But at the same time, I really wanted to see chaos unfold right now. I wanted to see everything just blow up completely. Uh, I know OU and UT have their Big 12 uh, media rights agreement all the way until 2025. So that's going to be I, – I just don't like that. I don't like having to wait for the inevitable. It's almost like somebody telling you how you're going to die when you're older. You know, nobody wants to know that kind of shit. And now we have to know that the Big 12 is going to end in four years, and it's going to it's going to be a mess. And if the Big 12 doesn't end, it's going to be the worst conference of the Power Five by far. People have talked about bringing in SMU, bringing in UCF, bringing in teams of that caliber like Cincinnati maybe. That one geographically wouldn't really make as much sense, but it's been thrown in the loop there. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not a fan of forcing the Big 12. I think we need I – would, I would say ride the wave of realignment, but it looks like Pac-12 just kind of shut that down a little bit, puts a, puts a bump in our path. I, I don't know what – what to say, uh, honestly, about what our best case scenario is at that point. I would have 100% said Pac-12 is where we need to go. But with this recent news today, no clue, honestly. It's uh, college football's chaos right now. I would say it's going to be a super fun year, but that's how it is every year. You know, it's going to be super fun at the beginning. It's going to be, there's going to be some great matchups, but guess what's going to be the end result? It's going to be Alabama in the playoff. It's going to be Clemson in the playoff. It's going to be Ohio State as conference champions and most likely Oklahoma again. So those four teams are just going to make up another one of the most boring playoffs ever because it's the same damn teams every single year. I forget the exact number, but I believe it was over 70% of the playoff spots have been occupied by the same four teams since it began in 2014, which that's just some great ABS, if you ask me. You can also look at the blue chip ratio, how drastically it has shifted since the playoff format began. I think the exact number, it went from somewhere around like 69% blue chip ratio for uh, the perennial powerhouse schools like Alabama, Ohio State. If you don't know what blue chip is, it's basically a four and five star high school recruit. Uh, the good schools get the good players is essentially what that means. And now it's shifted all the way into, I think, 85 or 88% in that range for Alabama now with blue chip ratio. It's absolutely absurd. And now with the name, image, and likeness, I wouldn't be surprised if that continues to inflate almost. So a lot's going on right now. A lot is happening in college football. Uh, it's I don't, I don't know if I like the trajectory it's going right now. I used to consider myself 100% diehard collegiate over college, you know, college sports over anything. But with the way everything's been handled recently, 
<laughs> I don't want to say anything good about Roger Goodell because, I mean, come on, it's Roger Goodell. But the NFL has been more entertaining in some aspects. It really has. Um, my buddy and I were talking about the playoff situation a few days ago, and he mentioned how his favorite draw to college football was always the fact that the regular season is so, so important. Like, if you lose one game, an entire year of work, is just in shambles. It, your season could be over with one loss. And as much as that is still true in the playoff format, it's almost as if big teams have just one pass. You know what I mean? Because now there's four spots available. It's not just the number one and number two. It's very uncommon for there to be more than three undefeated teams usually up there. There's always Alabama, you know, gets upset by Ole Miss here and there. Um, Ohio State, you know, losing to Penn State a few years ago, shook everything up. Like those situations... That happens almost every year. And so the regular season, as important as it still is, that has been diminished a bit uh, in the past few years. It seems like teams can afford a loss really without worrying about it too much, especially in the early season. They worry about the early season losses because you can recover from that, which is kind of a catch-22. I've always found that to be something weird about college football, how if you lose in week two, regardless of who you lose to, if you lose in week two, you have plenty of time to work your way back up to get in, you know, in the playoff conversation or in the top of the rankings and stuff. Whereas if you lose in week 10, you're toast, you're done. Like there's no way you're coming back from that come playoff time, come bowl game time. It's just not happening. But nonetheless, I, I am excited. I'm not going to say I'm not going to not excited. I'm going to be watching every single college football game I possibly can. My eyes are going to be glued to the TV this Saturday, even if I'm going to be watching Alcorn State play North Carolina a and I don't – there's a bunch of super tiny games this Saturday. A couple good ones, which we're about to get into right here. But nonetheless, college football is finally here. Even though shit has hit the fan to an extent, it should be a spectacle as always. I'm just worried that the playoff is just going to be mundane, routine again. You know, same teams as always. I hope we see an upset in there. And I hate to sound like a homer, but I mean, TCU to win the Big 12 – at plus 1,200 odds, there's some value in that. TCU's over-under win total is set at 7.5. There is a lot of value in that. I think TCU has at least an 8-win season. That is the bar. I don't, I'm don't. i surprised it was set that low. So if that's something you're into, uh, I would I would keep looking at TCU's over-under win total. That's what we talked about last week's episode. Kind of as like a, you know, not last week, earlier in the month um, as kind of just a preview to the whole season. Uh, which bets to do future bets, Heisman bets, conference bets, all that good stuff. But now that the games are finally here, it's time to get into some actual spread over under straight up bets. Let's do it after I take this sip of water. Oh, you get talking, you know, talking gets that cotton mouth. I'm still getting used to this uh, solo podcast format. So bear with me. I'm having a lot of fun though, doing it so far. It is. It's it's fun. I, I love the opportunity doing this for Frogs of War. Really appreciate it and all that, all that good jazz. But nonetheless, it's time to talk about some sports bets. Now, week zero, as I said, I'm going to refer to it as week zero because it's technically not officially week one. But first up on my radar is Nebraska at Illinois. This is probably going to be one of the first major games of the season. And I say major just because it's two power five programs. Um, and I'm going to put Two bets on this game, actually. I'm going one unit on the under of 54.5 and two units on Illinois plus seven to cover the spread. 
So the reason I'm taking the under, they're really this one's kind of just a gut feeling, honestly, because I think they're going to start the season out slow. Illinois is not not a great offensive team by any means. Nebraska has a lot of shit going on right now with their investigations. Um, what is their investigations right now? Use of I think it's use of illegal coaches and scouts throughout last season, and also apparently they allegedly had some on-campus workouts during COVID whenever they were instructed not to. So uh, the NCAA is investing Nebraska right now. I think that may may distract them minimally and it's not going to completely change their game, but it may be on the back of the coach's mind, you know, may shake some things up. So that's another reason why I'm leaning towards Illinois plus seven. But if you look at this matchup last year, Illinois won by 18 points on the road. So Illinois, as, as much as they're not a great football team, don't get me wrong, but they're on the program. They're a program that's been on the rise the past couple of years. They've done, they've exceeded their expectations. It seems like, because Frankly, if I was going to give you a prediction for Illinois, I would probably put them in the three and three and nine range every single year. Um, so Illinois could be a competitive football team this year. They may be an upset team in the Big Ten. I, I wouldn't put too much stock into it, but um, you know, history doesn't repeat itself all the time. But based off last year's results, uh, Nebraska didn't really get much better. Illinois probably did get a little bit better in the offseason. So I'm still going to go with the line eye at plus seven because I think Illinois has a chance of winning this game. If if you're really feeling risky, I would take Illinois plus 240 money line. That'll get you some more juice, a little bit better payout. Um, but just to play it safe, I'm going to take the spread plus seven, start the season off right with an underdog win. I tend to, for some reason, I tend to side with the favorites. I, I don't know why, but I've kind of always done this. I, I tend to side with the favorites. Um, or not necessarily in each game, but when I'm looking for bets, my eye is always drawn to the favorite rather than the underdog, like a minus six versus a plus six, you know? And I don't know why that is. So I try, I diligently look for those underdogs, and I think Illinois is one of the underdogs that stand, stood out to me. So I'm taking two units on Illinois plus seven. And another thing about Nebraska, Scott Frost could have been a legend at UCF, and now he's going to struggle to cover the spread against the fighting Illini of all teams, like <laughs> interesting career. Uh, interesting, you know, how the last few years have unfolded for Frost. But that's my pick for that one. I'm going to Illinois plus seven and the under of 54.5. It's not always that fun to take the under, but, you know, when it's the first game of the season, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And I think they're going to start off slow. I'm going to probably be taking a lot of unders um, come week one or the official week one, considering this is week zero. Um, next up on the slate is San Jose State versus Southern Utah. So I didn't even know Southern Utah had a football program. I'm not going to lie. I've I've bet on them a few times on college basketball. If you read my Ryan's Ramble basketball blog last year, you may have seen their name mixed in there a few times because with college basketball, that's the beauty. Um, the small teams, those little games can be just as entertaining, just as fun to gamble on as, you know, Kentucky versus Duke. It, they really can. And also, if you just love watching basketball, that helps, of course, too. But throwing money on it makes everything even better. Um, that's, oh, I guess now that I'm talking about money, now would be a great time to mention. Should have mentioned this at the beginning of the episode. But this is for entertainment purpose only, okay? I know Frogs were based in Texas. Texas online sports gambling is not legal yet, hopefully. But 
This is for entertainment purposes only. Whatever you do in your free time is none of my business. You know, if you drive up to Oklahoma, place a couple parlays, that's up to you. But for now, entertainment purpose only. Uh, let's keep the ball rolling with San Jose State. So Southern Utah, small team. They're not going to have a good football team, frankly. Um, not to, Don't want to beat around the bush. They're going to be a bad team. Uh, San Jose State, historically a bad team. But they are one of the – or I don't know how to word this exactly. But they're essentially just a program on the rise. Right now they're one of the highest grossing teams in that sense. If I had to buy stock on any college football program – San Jose State would be one of them out of the group of five. Um, they're coming off their first Mountain West championship or title of any kind since 1987. And even though last year was a bit weird with the shortened schedule and everything, so they weren't able to reach 10 wins, they went 7-0. and So, um, But regardless of that, the last two times they had a 10-win season, their head coach left for a bigger program the following year, and then they failed to reach a bowl game after that. But this time... After San Jose failed to reach a bowl game two seasons ago, and now they're conference champions last year, head coach Brent Brennan is staying. So I think that could play a key role in San Jose State's success this year. And the reason I'm going to go with uh, San Jose State in this one, I don't even think I mentioned the spread yet. I'm taking their first half bet, not the full game spread. It's The full game is minus 24 and a half, which is a bit steep regardless of who they're playing. I know S- Southern Utah is going to be dog water on the field but still 24 points is kind of a lot to cover especially whenever they have a look ahead game as they play usc on september 4th which look out you know usc they're ranked in the preseason but hey you heard it here first look out for san jose state against usc i hope i don't eat my words on that one because they could very well get upset somehow by southern utah but i'm going first half minus 13 and a half for san jose state all they need is a two-touchdown lead going into the break, and I think the Spartans are more than capable of doing that. They're going to want to get off to a hot start. They're going to start the season on the right foot. And then after that, after a first half, you know, with a couple touchdown lead, they can rest their starters because they got a big game coming up, you know. And that's why I'm taking the first half rather than the full game spread is because I really think they're going to focus on resting their starters and looking ahead to next week once they build up a decent lead, which is, you know, that's what most teams should do if you're playing a cupcake week one. But regardless, this this season, look out for the Spartans. I'm I'm excited. Those are those are really the only two bets I'm going with for this Saturday. There's not many big time games at all. Most of the games, like I said, are small ones like uh, um, Alcorn State and those type of teams. Like Wagner is playing somebody. A bunch of little schools that are mostly known for basketball programs, but. Um, nice to see that they're going to be on prime time, you know, because I'm going to be watching that. That's all that's going to be on on Saturday is those little school games. So I, damn right I'm going to be watching. Um, but what I'm really looking forward to after this little tease of a weekend into college football is Thursday where there is a few fantastic games coming up. Not the real deal, not the whole first Saturday of college football, you know, college game day in the morning. You go to bed at midnight with Pac-12 still blaring in the background it's oh god i can't wait i'm just i'm so excited just thinking about it but anyway a great game on thursday is going to be ucf and boise state one of the best matchups of week one or week zero should i say um or no actually this one counts for week one since it's on thursday next week and the reason i'm going to go ahead and give my picks for thursday is because i do record these episodes on thursday and they get posted on friday so 
wouldn't really make sense. I couldn't pick these games uh, on next week's episode because they would have already happened by then. Um, so, alas, my pick for UCF Boise State is going to be UCF minus five and a half. I am a little bit cautious on this one. I'm only going to play one unit on it. And the reason I'm cautious is because 78% of public bets are with UCF. And typically, when a large majority of the public is siding with one team, Vegas knows something they don't. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason the house always wins. Um, there's a reason they adjust these lines to change up, you know, the public betting perception. And I don't think this is one of those traps, though. I really don't. I think UCF is going to be a much better team than Boise State this next year, especially with Gus Malzahn, you know, a head coach. That was a fantastic hire by them. I really think they're going to do great things together. And also Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback at UCF, is just a menace. People don't talk about him enough, but I, I think he could go for 400 yards a game. Like, seriously, their offense is so insane. And their air raid that they run with Dylan Gabriel, he could put up 400 passing yards a game, and I wouldn't bat an eye. I, he, I think he was at that um, playing at that rate for a few games last season even. But nonetheless, look out for Dylan Gabriel this year. He's a name to watch. Credibly underrated. Um but the over-under on this one, aside from the spread, is set at 69.5, which is absurd. I never, never like to bet on UCF over-unders because, like I said, their offense is insane. It's so unpredictable. Anything can happen in those games. So I stay away from their over-unders because they're usually some of the highest in the country week in and week out. I've seen a UCF over-under be set at 82 before, which is Absurd. No college football game should be predicted to have 82 points scored in it. I, it blows my mind. But UCF does it. They actually they break it commonly. It's not, it's not like some rare occurrence. There's a reason Vegas is setting these lines like that. But I'm staying away from the over-under. Um, main reason I'm going with UCF minus 5.5 is it's because UCF is the host. The Knights are hosting it at the bounce house, and it's going to be rocking. I think the bounce house is one of the most underrated atmospheres in all of college football, especially as a nighttime game. It has a 6 p.m. kickoff or central time. So actually seven o'clock over there in Florida. So nighttime game. College students are so excited to have fans back in the stands. Everybody wants to hear, you know, the as the team walks in the tunnel, everybody cheering, lights going off, the whoa, 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 all the stadium noises. God, I cannot wait to be in a football stadium. But the bounce house is one of the best in the group of five. It's actually probably the best by far out of the group of five stadiums. I would love to catch a game there. Never had the chance to actually watch a game there. But I did tour the stadium one time. It is, it's a pretty neat place. So UCF is my pick on that one. Minus five and a half. Lock it in for one unit because that is going to be a great game. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if UCF runs away with it. I, I don't think – and maybe it's because I have a slight vendetta against Boise State as a TCU lifelong fanboy, but I think UCF is clearly the better team here. So take the Knights, minus 5.5. We're putting one unit on it. Next up is probably the biggest game of – or biggest game of Thursday, not of the week. I don't want to say that because, you know, Clemson, Georgia, Miami, Alabama, they're playing – but biggest game of Thursday is Ohio State versus Minnesota. And Minnesota's hosting this. So Ohio State's on the road to open the season. 
The spread favors the Buckeyes at minus 13 and a half, while the over-under is set at 64.5. Again, I'm going to stay away from this over-under. I don't like to go straight into over-under bets at the beginning of the season. And maybe that's me just being too cautious, but I like to kind of feel out how these new offenses are going to play, especially teams like Ohio State where they have a completely new quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Um, I like to see how these offenses are going to pan out. Teams' defenses often improve, so not going to go too hard on over-unders just yet. Going to proceed with caution on those. But I don't have an official play for this one. I wanted to bring this up because I think this is an interesting position for Ohio State on the road. Thursday night primetime, opening the season, new quarterback. Kind of an interesting spot. And what I really want to know is uh, what Ohio State's going to do with C.J. Stroud next year. This is a, a little bit off topic, but now that we're talking about C.J. Stroud, I have to bring this up. What are the Buckeyes going to do when C.J. Stroud and Quinn Ewers are in the same locker room? Like, C.J. Stroud is a guy that's already been talked about as a Heisman contender. I think on the odds, he's listed as the number five favorite to win the Heisman right now, which is absurd considering he's never played a game of college in his life. Um, and now you're going to have C.J. Stroud and Quinn Ewers who is arguably the greatest quarterback recruit out of high school of all time. If not, it's Trevor Lawrence. So you're going to have those two guys sharing a locker room, splitting reps in practice. What do you do? I don't care if C.J. Stroud leads Ohio State to the national championship this year. You can't just ignore Quinn Ewers. I mean, sure, that's hard to do. It's hard to, you know, have all that success and then just give somebody the boot. But Clemson kind of did it when Trevor Lawrence came. Kelly Bryant wasn't a bad quarterback at all. And then Trevor Lawrence came, took that job. And sometimes it just makes sense. I don't know if Quinn Ewers is truly going to be that amazing. But from everything I've seen, everything I've read about him, he's the real deal. So I don't know what Ohio State's going to do next year. But for now, they're riding with C.J. Stroud. His first game ever is going to be on the road at a pretty big game, Minnesota. A team that historically isn't great, but Minnesota's been pretty decent in the past few years. Um, I'm, I don't have an official play on this one gambling-wise, but... I think my best move is the lines aren't posted yet, but as soon as they are posted for the first half, you know, the, of course the main spread and the over under has been posted, but as soon as DraftKings, all those sports books post the first half lines, I'm going to be looking for Ohio state first half minus six and a half. So the reason I'm looking for that, and that's probably what it's going to be realistically, if a team's favored by 13 and a half, basically divided by two and there's your first half spread. So sometimes it's a bit different. We may see a minus seven and a half, which in that case, I'm going to pass. I look that that sweet spot of six and a half is exactly what I'm going to be looking for. That that gives that half point cushion for that touchdown lead going into halftime, which Ohio State is more than capable of 100 percent more than capable of leading by a touchdown at halftime over Minnesota. I wouldn't be surprised if they were leading by two touchdowns, three touchdowns, even four. Ohio State's going to be crazy this year. Chris Olave, they have a, a hell of a wide receiver duo now paired with CJ Stroud in the backfield. It's going to be crazy. I don't know what to think of it, really. I, I, I want to see how it pans out with Stroud. I want to see how he plays. I They're going to win this game. Like, that's not a question. Let's not even talk about Minnesota. <laughs> Excuse me, but let's not even talk about Minnesota. This isn't going to be a super competitive game. Um but I'm nervous. That's why I'm avoiding the full game spread. 
look for that first half spread of minus six and a half if you can, because I really like that for the Buckeyes. That that's honestly free money. I, I try to say that as sparingly as possible, but that's free money. And I would shammer that pick. Smash money hammer if that line comes out. I do find it interesting though that the uh, sharp indicators on this game, and if you don't know what sharp indicators are, essentially a sharp in the world of betting is a professional better. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to become a young sharp one day, you know, <laughs> someday I'll be there. I'll get that title. But today, not yet. Sharps though are people who literally can do this for a living. Um, they're people that have a, an ROI of at least 50%. Um, they, they profit on a regular basis doing this. They know the trends. They see the line changes. They know how to read the public. They know how to read Vegas to not even make bets based off of truly what they believe is going to happen, but making bets based off of calculations, history, um, and all these other anomalies that go into sports betting. And that is what a sharp is. Somebody who really knows all that. So who can really do it. Um, and all the sharp indicators are pointing towards the Gophers, which is weird because I see Ohio State could blow them out of the water. I could see them winning by four touchdowns if they really put the foot on the gas. Um, so the fact that the pros are siding with Minnesota is the main reason I'm nervous. Um, if you look at the money percentage, Ohio State has 89% of the bets, which is a lot. And usually when the public is that, like I said before, usually when the public is that heavy on one side, Vegas has a huge payday. Um, the house always wins. And meanwhile, Minnesota only has 11% of the bets. Now, flip-flop that, and let's look at the money percentage. So money percentage is not how many people are betting on this team. It's of the people that have bet on this game, all 100%, you know, like that I just mentioned, that have bet on this game, what percentage of the money is on which team? So Ohio State has 89% of the bets but they only have 73% of the money, which doesn't even out. Usually, you know, an even game would make more sense, right? Whereas Minnesota has 11% of the bets, but 27% of the money of this game is placed on Minnesota. So essentially that's a 16% difference, which indicates that these pro bettors are placing big money on Minnesota. So you don't always want to follow that model, not every time, but in a game like this, especially that indicator is off the roof, a 16% difference for that, especially whenever Minnesota is only getting 11% of bets, which is abysmal. So everybody thinks Ohio State's going to run away with this one. So I would proceed with caution if that is your plan because the pros are taking Minnesota for some reason unbeknownst to me. Um, no idea what's going to happen there. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited. It's going to be a fun year of sports betting. Historically, fading the public pays off, though. That, so if you really are one of those guys that like systems, you like following those kind of models and stuff like that, like the pros use, go ahead and fade the public. Take Minnesota. Get away from, you know, everybody's going to lose money on that game if Minnesota covers the spread. And Vegas is going to have a huge payday. Sportsbooks are going to have a payday. So fade the public is not a bad strategy at all. It just isn't guaranteed, you know. All righty. To round up this episode, that's all my picks for you. I had not a lot of picks this week, not a lot. This is really this episode was really just meant to uh, kind of get in the groove of things. Uh, I had my first introductory episode at the beginning of the month to really kind of explain what the podcast is, what I'm going to be doing, all that good jazz. But now we're here. College football is upon us. It's finally time. 
It's finally time to make some picks. I'm excited to get back in the groove of betting. It's I took a, a short hiatus after a few rough patches there during college basketball season. But we're back. We're back. We're going to have, you know, an over 50% win percentage like we did last year. Not even worried. I got y'all. Okay, I got y'all. But next week is going to be a huge episode. Very excited to be making some picks for that opening weekend of college football, the official opening weekend. We have some huge games. Clemson at Georgia is going to be amazing. We got Miami versus Alabama. Although Alabama should definitely win that one, I think it's going to be more entertaining than people give it credit for. Miami, I don't want to say they're back, but I really like De'Ara King, and I really like what they have going on down there in South Beach. But last but not least, another huge game for week one is Penn State at Wisconsin, which is one of the biggest swing games of the season, and it's already happening in week one. That's going to be brutal for both programs. It is a must-win game already for both of them if they want to have a good season this year. So we'll talk a bit more on that one because that's that's going to be a good one. Uh, we'll talk a bit more on that one and some of these other huge matchups next week. But thank you all for listening uh, to, to Ryan Ramble, basically. Uh, this is 30 minutes, about the average time that I'm going to be aiming for going forward. Our first one was a bit longer just because I had a few more, you know, routine stuff to talk through, introduction stuff to talk through. But, yeah, uh, I am Ryan Bonneau. Welcome to Ryan's Ramble. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I hope you have a good time placing bets. Uh, hopefully, we can we can have some winners together. We can pick some winners this season. I want to have some comments in the on the blog post and hear what you guys think, hear who you, you're taking over the weekend. I want to get some feedback on my picks, everything like that. Um, it's always a good time talking about who you're taking and stuff like that. Looking out for one another, you know, because maybe there's a line that I didn't see or you didn't see and we can help each other out. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good season. I can't wait to bring you more of my picks. But yeah, thanks for listening and I'll see you guys next week at Friday.